Hello, friends, and welcome back to a very exciting episode of Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast. I am one half of your host, Jamie. I am the other half, Mark. And if you can believe it, we have literally just wrapped up a daytime pay-per-view. We just finished the highest grossing pay-per-view of all time, AEW All In. Boy, they did not disappoint. It was the highest paid attended oh, of all time. Okay. We don't know My if it's apologies. Grossing. We don't know the numbers yet, but Well, I'm Tony sure. Khan actually did say that he made $10 million so that he can confidently say that it's also the highest grossing he as well. He made $10 million. Well, Either way, the no, company did. I, Congratulations. It, it officially in, happened. 81,000, I believe 35 Somewhere in that 30-something. Yeah, yep, so over 81,000 fans in attendance. Uh, he said there was probably up to about, uh, of about 90,000, uh, if you take consideration all of the staff members, uh, all of the Wembley staff, all the AEW staff. Either way, you look at it, 81,000, even if it was 80,000, even if it was 60,000. Absolutely thought, an incredible amount of people. People thought that they would barely make 25,000 when, when, when they announced this. packed. I mean, when they were doing Tope Suicidas, it was like they were cutting short because you only had what? four or five feet before you started jumping into the barricades and the chanting was just absolutely on point it was the crowd was into every match it was loud it was raucous it was exactly how you thought it would be but we have no time to dawdle we have to get right into this 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 whole pay-per-view was i think it was five hours total uh started at noon uh i think it was i don't know eight o'clock their time I don't know. I think it's like six hours. Either way, we started off. We're not even going to talk about MJF Adam Cole taking on Aussie Open. We'll, we'll talk about that the later. Way. They end up winning the titles, but we'll get into that when we get talk about the main event. Uh, Hook ends up defeating Jack Perry on the pre-show or the zero hour. Absolutely incredible match. Great match. Both guys killed it. I loved the like like short limo that like they Jack did it, Perry like an came FC, in Hollywood an FCW style. Championship should have done. There's no rules. You do what you do, and you get the win. And Hook got the win. Great performance by both of them. Jack Perry doesn't need that FTW championship. Honestly, Hook doesn't even need that FTW championship. No, but Taz needs Hook to have the FTW championship. I couldn't, you know, you even said it when we were watching. Taz has got to be proud as hell of his son. 80,000 people. Biggest stage of, bigger than what Taz has ever even been on. Sure, in wrestling history. And here it is, his son is winning the FTW championship. His His championship championship. that he created that was... A, it's not even a recognized champion, right? But as but far as on, Taz knows, it was knows, on the biggest card in the world. <laughs> as far as Taz knows, that was the first international um, defense mm-hmm. of the FTW championship. Which is great. So, Which is congratulations great. to Hook. Very entertaining. Great way to start off. Uh, even just the zero hour, it made I think anybody who second guessed wanting to get the pay per view after they watched the Especially zero hour, match. you were in, you were right. absolutely in. But what better way to start off this pay per view than with the longest standing rivalry in mm-hmm. all of this uh, all entire of card? Right, now. right, AEW Ring of Honor, CM Punk took on Samoa Joe. Uh, for a real real world championship, real world's championship match. Um, I, I don't know what we expected out of this. Uh, CM Punk gets the win. It was an absolute banger of a match. It, it was probably the first two matches of the pay-per-view were probably my, my, my I don't want to say my least favorite. Like, I didn't enjoy them. Yeah, it's not like anything was bad. They were trying to set the pace, and they didn't quite get to it until they got to FDR versus uh, Young Bucks. But Agreed. this was a good, solid match. I mean, it was a Exactly good what you forth. wanted. Yep. There was a good Sweet Tooth reference and commentary. I think it was Nigel McGuinness. Right, right. First off, let me just say, the 
commentary team. Oh, always was on fire. Absolutely incredible. WWE Even the really zero hour. The zero hour wasn't great. Renee Paquette is just an absolute gem in the AEW. They had so David lucky Atunga, to have They her. had Kip Sabian. They also had Paul White. I loved uh, it. Unfortunately, we didn't see the return of. Uh, Paul White's alter ego, Captain, <laughs> Captain Insano. Insano. If you know, you know. The Waterboy, <laughs> it was a very good movie. If you haven't seen it and you're too young to know what the hell I'm talking about, go watch it. It's so stupid. Oh, it's worth it. Uh, the commentary was absolutely on point the entire time we saw Jim Ross. Yep, Jim, Jim Ross, Ross was came there. Cancer-free. Um, Congrats cancer -free, to Jim congratulations. Ross. Congratulations. Uh, Nigel um, McGinnis, of course, Excalibur. Tony Schiavone was there. Right. Um, the Absolute Legends. It, it, it wouldn't have felt right without Jim Ross there. No. You know, uh, you get his his uh, intro is just incredible, and when you hear it live, it's an absolutely insane. So oh, to right, hear it right. at Wembley, I couldn't imagine biggest announcer what for that the was biggest like. Stage. Yeah, uh, but CM Punk versus Samojo, great great match. Uh, nothing over the top. Oh my god! But it gave everybody exactly what they wanted, and I couldn't see it going any other way with CM Punk getting the win. Absolutely agree. Uh, up next, we got Kanosuke Takeshita in the Bullet Club Gold with Juice Robinson and Jay White. Took on the golden elite of Kolta Abushi. Oh, man, I said that Kolta Abushi. Uh, Kenny Omega <laughs> and Hangman Adam Page. This, I, I, you and I talked about this, and this was probably my, it, again, it, it, I, you and I just couldn't get into this match. It was a different pace, and I think you brought up a good point. This was very much more of a Japanese style of a, of a match. Right. And I don't Everybody think, here has fought in Japan. And I don't think I was expecting that. I don't think I thought about that. But then when halfway through the match when I uh, one of us I don't remember who said it had mentioned that I started looking at it and going well all six of these guys really made their name in New Japan sure so it makes so, sense yeah it makes sense pace, so once that happened I was forth. able to kind of appreciate a little bit more mm -hmm. but again for the first half it took me a little bit because I was I, I was looking for like you know we just came from MJF Adam Cole and Aussie Open Hook Jack Perry and CM Punk and Samoa Joe uh and it went into a kind of a different, like you said, it's a different pace. So it threw me off a little bit. I, I'm sure it might have thrown a couple other people off, too, because that's not a style you normally see on American television. Exactly. But it's something that all of these guys shine in. Oh, if of you, course. If you know anything about New Japan, obviously being able to see the Golden Elite tag up together was absolutely fantastic. The match was great. Juice um, was ridiculous. Well, you got to give the credit to all of the intros are the entrances for everybody was fantastic. The way they set up like the Titan Tron. And, oh, it was and a really the, good setup. It was so good. My f favorite by far entrance was Bullet Club Gold. They had Colton and Austin Gunn. They were shooting the, the guns up in the front because it was like almost like a hall. They right. had Colton and Austin Gunn shooting the guns. They had Juice. He was down on all four like a dog, like barking. <laughs> and then you had Jay White behind him. And like it, they really thought about what they were doing when they did that. It just you know how, it ignited a fire. I mean, you know it was the, great. that cartoon with the two dogs and one's usually like the small, yippy, like wiry one and the other one's like a massive galoot? Wasn't that cartoon called Two Stupid Dogs? No, no, no. This is like, I'm talking like Looney Tunes. That was, no, I, I, if, if I'm about to tell you who, who I'm talking about, I don't think you'd be calling them stupid. I feel like Juice Robinson is that little rat dog that's just yipping the entire time. Okay. And Brody King is that big, dumb galoot dog that could literally beat the shit out of you in half a second. Right. But chooses not to. But with him like bent over yipping like that, that's all I can think of. <laughs> so funny. Either way. Bullet Club Gold taking on uh, the Golden Elite was phenomenal. Good match. Like I said, wasn't my favorite up until I kind of like realized the pace of everything, and, and then it was able to suck me back in. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch this. Well, also, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt no, no, you, ahead. but it set up Takeshita versus Kenny Omega for All Out. So right. really, it was Tony just... Tony Khan addressed that at you the know, media a little scrum. Pin in it. 
um, which I always forget about the media scrum after you these pay-per-views. You would think we wouldn't forget about it. <laughs> but lucky for me, everybody's beaten to hell, and they always want to get MJF or whoever's in the main event on there uh, right from the get-go. So it took them like 20, 30 minutes to get it together. Uh, and it's actually funny, if you go back and watch the live stream, you see a couple of the guys just standing there having a conversation while they're setting up for the uh, media scrum. Uh, but yeah, Tony Kong did confirm. Tony Kong? Tony Kong. Uh, a, a reporter asked a question about, you know, a singles match with Kenny Omega, and Don Callis said, you know, Takeshi has been wanting to go up against his mentor to prove himself, you know, for years now, and Kenny Omega's ducked him the entire time. Uh, and Tony Khan said, well, you know, it sounds like a great idea. Let's have it all out, and we're going to have that next Sunday. Uh, Kenny Omega taking on Takeshita. Lots of lots Finally. And yeah. a one-on-one. One on one. That's going to be really one. good. Singles match. Yeah, so that'll be real good. And after we saw that amazing six-man tag match, we went right into another tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Not just we, that. It was it was for bragging rights on who's the very best much out of so. these two teams. The rubber match between FTR and the Young Bucks. Right. FTR claiming that they need to beat the Young Bucks in order to solidify their status as, you know, a tag team legend. I think they've uh, and, already done that with the Briscoes, but and the Young Bucks. Young Bucks kind of made it seem like, you know, this isn't about legendary status. This is you're just a notch in our belt and we need to just prove that we're better than you. Um, unfortunately, the Young Bucks couldn't pull it through. And FTR are still your AEW Tag Team Champions. Yeah, so nobody in the Elite actually won at nobody, Wembley, which right. I really do give them credit all the time, even though this is the company that they came up with and their best friends. They don't just book themselves to win everything, well, I mean, even in the grandest stage of them all. That's one of the reasons why Cody Rhodes has claimed that he went back to WWE was he felt that he couldn't put himself into that spotlight. That if he Kenny put sure did. a world yeah, <laughs> if he put a world title on his shoulder, that it would be tainted because everybody would say, "Oh, well, you're an EVP of the company." It's really weird though because I always thought that that was an interesting perspective because the Young Bucks have been. The tag team champions multiple Twice. times. The like I said, Kenny Omega has been the AEW champion, the longest reigning. They, yeah, they put that. It was so, three hundred and sixty-four days. Very important that they keep throwing out that number. Yeah, especially towards the <laughs> uh, the main event when they they said he's what a two uh, MJF's at two hundred and eighty-five days. That's close, I think, something like that. That's close. Uh, I think it was only like sixty days away. Yeah, so. that's insane. That's a, that's a conversation for later in the it podcast. Is. But nonetheless, FTR, Young Bucks, exactly like you thought it would be. It was absolutely phenomenal. Oh, Very fast, fast paced. Great match after, like you said, kind of a different, yep. slower style of the Japanese kind of wrestling. Um, yeah. I mean, just old school beat them up. You know, it hit them with everything kicks. you got. Super kicks. They kicked out of shatter machines. They lots I, of kicks I mean, out of the shatter machines tonight. Knees absolutely and incredible. BTs and. OMGs and it was all of the all of the moves that you every you were, everybody was spamming the finishers tonight everybody yeah right everybody was hitting finishers <laughs> left right buttons. and center I, they had their game sharks plugged in and if you understand that they reference did. I love you and thank you so much for joining here you're old and, and your back probably hurts just like ours right right um, but yeah great match between the two of them I I didn't honestly, really think FDR was going to retain I honestly either. I didn't either and I, I'm I'm not upset though. I'm not. I'm, they kind of needed a, a good win to see like that. Where we're going with this? This is now mm-hmm. put. Who's next for FTR? Who, well, and who's now the Punk and team? FTR are still the champions, so they can go back to Collision as the champions, really, which is a good but thing. We still haven't even addressed Punk like with that belt. Like nobody's gonna go and say, well, you know. Just because you spray paint an X on it and it's and you know a belt that you had before doesn't right. it's not recognized as. 
an AEW championship. I mean, look at the FTW championship. I guess you can just do whatever you want to here. I mean, isn't <laughs> that no, really. isn't that what everybody <laughs> accuses AEW of? Anyways? Exactly. I still we still haven't touched on at all. Jay Robin, uh, Jay Robinson, uh, Jay White calling out CM Punk for his belt. Initially, right. he was the first person to say anything about whatever you have in that bag. I and want we've it. Never, so. We've never come back to it. I'm so. hoping we will after all this. Now that all this CM Punk and Samoa Joe. Stuff is more than likely over, but maybe never over, really, for the two of them. I mean, it's it's Tony Khan. Who knows? He, he's got fantasy booking on his mind. So another match between... I mean, the third match between Samoa Joe and CM Punk was supposed to be the last yeah. one. And, and well, now and, we've got the fourth match at Wembley. And, and All-In's already booked again. for next year, so you never know. They might just replay it back one more time next year, too. Yeah, actually, I, be, you got to remember, we ate some pizza in between recording. Uh, it's the magic of recording, but uh, a, er, AEW has announced that... Wembley next year. I don't remember that. I think it's September 24th. Will be all in. I think it's the end of August. Whatever. It will be AEW all in again at Wembley. And they're going to try and make both all in happening the bank holiday just before uh, the American holiday of Labor Day, which is the next weekend, which will then also feature AEW's all out. Yep. In Chicago. Tony Khan said he'll make that a tradition. Um, I think it's great. He and said you it's never not know. really about the pay per view buys. Or the Dep- tradition. Depending on if Jamie and I get our heads out of our ass, you might uh, hear some rumors about coffee and wrestling maybe going over the pond to. I mean, why not? If it's going to be a, a yearly tradition, we were looking for an excuse to have a, a really fun, you know, vacation, va- get away, long vacation or something like that. So, what better way to do it than uh, hop over the pond and join the? Yeah, what's an eight-hour eighty thousand plus? We can watch, eh, a, lot, we can lot, watch a lot of wrestling on an eight-hour flight. Exactly. Well, so. We can watch all those uh, pay-per-views that everybody's asking us to watch. Yeah, hopefully by then we'll be so good with our podcasting that we'll be doing a podcast with Simon Miller by then. Also, well, yeah, shout out to Simon Miller and his AEW debut. He was on the pre pre show. Was pre pre. I thought there was only an hour long pre show, so I I got in you know about an hour before. Uh, but apparently there was a couple things we had kind of missed. Uh, Will Hobbs had a promo with Miro, and Simon Miller was one of the security guards in the background that got their asses kicked at the end. So, Oh, that's so awesome. Good for him. Happy good for him. for him. Glad to see it. The next match absolutely did not disappoint, and this I wasn't is, really sure how we were going to do it. This really picked up. Yeah, this really started to pick up here. There was a stadium stampede match at Wembley. Listen, I just want to say one thing. We are not really talking about WWE, but unfortunately, we did lose Terry Funk this week. Rest well, in peace to uh, Terry uh, Funk. With, also, uh, Wyndham Wyatt. Rotunda. Yeah. Rest in peace. Um, Which so Black, sorry to all of his family House members. House of Black did a great tribute to Bray Wyatt's character. Uh, they walked out. Uh, we'll get to it, but they they walked out with their... Uh, with. Uh, the lantern and set it down before they walked to the ring, which I thought was a absolute wonderful touch. Very cool. At that um, point, it was already dark, so the fireflies were out. Right, right. Um, but we're not rate, talking about that match. Yeah. Sorry. At any rate, um, going back to what I was saying before, we also lost Terry Funk. Like you we were also saying. lost Terry Funk in WWE. Unfortunately, hyped up a little bit too much that they were right. doing a ode to Terry Funk by having the intentions a were, tag were match. Great. Um, it was on Raw, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, because Cody Rhodes no, was SmackDown. There. It was on SmackDown. Oh, it was SmackDown? You're right. Okay, uh, Cody Rhodes introduced uh, the Street Profits versus... Um, uh, Brawling Brutes. Brawling Brutes, thank you very much. And it was supposed to be like a Terry Funk Terry hardcore, Funk hardcore match. match. There was one table spot and that was it. At the end. At the end. It wasn't a single weapon. This stadium um, stampede match that happened at Wembley... Like, they've been setting up for something like this for years. Right. They've had these, like, 
brawls, these parking lot brawls, mm-hmm. uh, which they've, really they've played dabbled, into this. They, they've dabbled in the hardcore scene. I wouldn't yeah, call this a they've death had a stadium match by any, any stretch before. of the means. Uh, well, they have had a stadium stampede. The only difference yep. was... Did I say they didn't? Because I meant that they did. I, I don't know. Yeah. But either way, they, <laughs> they've had a stadium stampede match before. It was in an empty arena, however. Correct. So they had a lot more leeway as to what they could do. And I think they did the absolute best they could do with a packed house. And right. I, again, it, it, it was victim to so much going on. That it was hard to keep the cameras on the action at all times. Of course, there's there a lot of guys in here. And real quick, let me go over the the um, rundown of who was in this match. We had Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Trent Beretta versus Penta El Ciero no, Miedo. Penta was on their team. We oh, and Penta El Ciero Miedo. I'm right. sorry, which we'll go into that. There's more to that too. Uh, and it was was the, versus the Blackpool Combat Club, Mox, Claudio, Wheeler Yuta, also Santana and Ortiz. Returning for the first time, Santana. We haven't seen him in Correct. since Even Ortiz, Blood and Guts, we haven't seen. The previous Blood and Guts, not this previous Correct. one. We just last happened year. one last year. Uh, rumored that he was having some issues with Ortiz and with Creative, and he also had an injury, so he was out. So glad to see that he was back into it. And my God, these 10 men, they... They put on a hell of a show. And they like really I said, did. some parts fell victim and you could be super overcritical about this and be like, oh, well, they missed this and they missed that. No, they did um, their best to try to capture the, everything. There's so much stuff going on. And especially when, when you've got six men in the ring and you've got four men over by the concession stands. Right. You know, the, you can't have the timing perfect every time. No. Uh, uh, this was great, though, because it almost seemed like maybe from an outsider's perspective that it was kind of a random assortment of people. But the, not when you sit down and look at it. Yeah. The amount of storyline that was it just throughout this match going through, like right. picking who was going to go against whom. Of course, Eddie Kingston right away went after Claudio. But he's also best friends with, with Mox. Right. So that comes into play there. You have the best friends who were taking on Santana and Ortiz. They've had a parking lot brawl before. And as well as Orange Cassidy, who was one of the best friends. Right. Who mentored Wheeler. Mentored Yuta. Wheeler, who went up against each other a lot in this match. And then, of course, you've got Pentel Zero. He's got a storied history with Moxley. Right. It's it was like sitting down and looking at everybody there. It was like everybody fighting each other. It made sense. It did. You know, even Santana and Ortiz taking on, uh, you know, Penta. It was like you've got two, I, I don't want to say brother tag teams, but, you know, Santana and Ortiz are practically short of, you know, relation, you know, blood related. They're brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have like two prolific tag teams that, you know, just, of course, you put them in the, in the ring, they're going to be like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to beat your ass because yeah. I'm better than you. Both of them have uh, have no chance of standing down from the other ones. Absolutely. So, you know what I mean? But yeah, the the back and forth between everybody was just great. You had so much story between everybody right. and everybody no had a reason moment. to fight everybody. And it right. wasn't a, it didn't feel like a, a, just they were there to be there because they needed a body. Exactly. You know, yeah. there was intention behind like the attacks. Yeah. You know, and the the weapons. There were barbed wire bats. There were tables. Oh my with god! Barbed there were so many weapons. There was Legos again. Legos. That was seen there was at Legos, Ring of yes, Honor. There was like yeah. Um. Oh my god! What else did they bring out there? They oh, had- Orange Cassidy at one point broke a glass bottle, yep. wrapped his hand in tape backwards. Backwards, so the sticky was on the outside. Right, and then shoved his hand into a bucket, covering that hand in just shards of broken right. glass. Uh, Moxley then tried to kill him by throwing him into the glass, but Orange reversed it and drove Moxley's face into the glass. Uh, it, it was 
It was impressive. Like it was Orange a well took a done. Beating. Oh yeah, everybody did. But yeah, Orange was bleeding pretty heavily. He's not uh, one to usually take bumps Trent like that. Trent was be- bleeding heavily. Of course, John. I mean, that goes without uh, yeah. saying. Uh, Claudio took some bumps. Eddie, there's a Trent was bad. S- the sickest photo of Eddie with after all the match. He's got blood on his mm-hmm. face. He's wearing his New York. Uh, I think it was it was a Mets uh, shirt. I, I, John Moxley had like a chunked like hanging off of yeah, his eyebrow. Yeah, his eyebrow like, was. Skin. There was oh, if you, if you looked at the ropes, there was chunks of something hanging <laughs> off the ropes. Not a lot, but uh, great back and forth. Like they really put Sue on was a there. hell of a match. Sue was there. Was they had perfect. baked goods. Uh, yeah, cookie it was great. Sh- cookie sheets. It re- it really like that. This is the match that like all of a sudden kicked this pay per view into over overdrive, and it never slowed down from this point it on. It really did. And that's a great way of putting it. It really st- like put uh like a cannon behind it. Oh, like yeah. the force behind everything afterwards. The crowd not was, that it was bad before. The crowd was into everything, but this like really started getting people to pop. The, the chants were coming through. I mean, the chants with FTR were ridiculous. We won't even go into that because we don't want to talk about the bad stuff of yeah. wrestling. But twenty one um, minutes we got of that stadium stampede. And it which was I mean you got ten people. That's a brutal. lot that's a lot of a lot it of airtime. I do have to say one part that I really, really loved. Uh Penta took a, a nasty bump. I don't remember exactly what it was and it, it was selling that his neck was hurt rolled out oh that's right um uh doc samson was like yep he hurt his neck it was like, one of those out. like it was one of those he hit the it, the spot happened and he immediately was like ow 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 rolled out like oh okay and if you watch enough wrestling you're like okay it's it's storyline hurt he's like trying to stay you know stay off the ring for a minute he's you know whatever but immediately they picked him up and they walked him in the back but he was like his reaction didn't seem like he was hurt but it was very like okay Maybe he really is yeah, kind of hurt. Like, but there's so sucks. much going on, so you almost forget. Oh shit, Penta! Yeah, they out. didn't make they didn't make a big deal about it either. Which again, that's not just something you do. You know, when you're trying to highlight that he's hurt, you're trying to like, oh wait, he's hurt. Let's leave him off camera. Right, Let's, like, exactly. Skirt around, and that's exactly how they did it. So it's like, oh shit, Penta really got like fucked yeah, up. Yeah, but that we're one. moving on. There's so much going on. It was well, hard. Yeah, to, now it's only it's, hard to keep track and, of everything. <laughs> and you even pointed it out that Santana like made a big like deal about it. He was pointing to him and to try and sell like, hey, why isn't okay? If he's out, then that means that yeah. should be that should be the end of the match. The and doc the was, was holding like, no. his neck, kind of like indicating like, yeah, oh, it's, it's you his know neck. he's injured. We can't you know and. Santana like threw up his arms like this is bullshit so they really even like played into it and you're like oh shit like this might be not you know not kayfabe right uh, but I'll let you continue I'm sorry oh no no it was great because eventually like again as soon as you forgot about it Penta's Penta Obscuro his music his music hit so then like the dark essence of Penta comes out and wrestles right. the rest of the match. And no, he didn't was- even wrestle the rest of the match. He came out and put Santana through that. There was an unfortunate ta- uh, uh, ladder spot that they had to set it up weird, and he ended up falling through. But they were recovered. And I got to give, got to give Alex Abahantres all the uh, props. In the world. He got that ladder reset back up, and they were able to uh, put Santana through the table like that. Uh, but yeah, great, great match all, all the way angles, around. Very all entertaining. Way around. Uh, Orange Cassidy, best friends. Uh, and Somehow crew, they won. They ended up getting the win, uh, and now uh, during the media scrum, uh, of all people, Orange Cassidy has now got a new challenger come Wednesday of Penta El Zero Miedo. I think I don't know if it's Penta yes. Obscuro, but he was back in the black and white when he was uh, he was in the press conference. Uh, so that'll be happening Wednesday for the international for the international championship. Correct. And then whoever wins that match. 
at All Out will face John Moxley and defend the international title Correct. again. So Orange Cassidy, he's just he is at thirty defenses. He could possibly be up to thirty-two defenses by the end of All Out next week. Oh yeah, that you're right. That's Why? Insane. One of the best champions that Honestly, has existed the in the past 10 years. He's got 30 defenses in, I don't know, even Less how much time. It's, it's been He's 40 phenomenal. Years this old. run has been great. I, I'm I love it. so about Orange Cassidy. Call me a mark for him. I don't care. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, Tony Khan brought up something really interesting about Penta. If Penta wins this international championship, he would be the first person to ever hold the international belt, the trios belt, right. and also the tag team belt. I don't don't see it happening. I don't see it happening, but I really do <laughs> I love like Penta. that Tony Khan. He's the only action figure that we own in this house. That's well, my dude. No, we've well, got... Butch isn't here yet. i got to figure out when that comes in. We bought uh, AEW's Butch. Uh, we'll have to get Blade and Bunny as well. Of course. This is going to open up a horrible habit of I was afraid to characters. buy it for you. It was a, a secret, and I was like, oh, hey, I bought this. Because I'm telling you, I'll take a picture of it. I'll try to post it on uh, it's the best Twitter one. at CAW Wrestling Pod. It, it, his tattoos are perfect. The they've gear got two is variations. The they've hands got, are perfect. They've got the black and white, which I think was the earlier edition. Okay. And then they have the black and gold, which was the next season. Uh, but then they've got uh, Phoenix is the other way around. Yeah, the dope Phoenix is the one that doesn't go with the dope. Penta. We just have to get all of them. Yeah. We just get all. Of them. Yeah. Anyways, we're getting back. We're getting so yeah. far off topic. Anyways, but all next, angles, fantastic match. Up next, we had the AEW Women's World Championship up for grabs between Hikaru Shida, Tony Storm, Britt Baker, and Soraya. And I, the women did not disappoint. They did not. And the ending of this, I absolutely loved. I thought that this was a very Great way to put everybody over and not make anybody look weaker than anybody else because I know there's been a lot of criticism of the AEW women's or just of women's course. wrestling in, in general. Uh, the only criticism that I can see that holds any water is this was the only women's match and it only had nine minutes of runtime. I I don't know what to say. I think the match was perfect. I don't think going. I think, I think going any longer would have been a, a little bit too much. I mean, you could have probably eked out a couple more minutes and and not feel like it was a watered down match. I think it was great. I think the story was really important here. Right. They set so much up for you know the the next possible. Um, Rivalry between Tony Storm and Soraya. Possibly Mercedes was watching in the crowd. Mercedes Monet right. was out there Throwing watching. Up the scissors when the acclaim were out there. Yeah, right. Um, I, I honestly, if I, uh, my initial thought was, I think both of us thought was Sheeta was going to be able to retain here. One hundred percent. The last person I thought, even though they were in England, to actually be able to take up this belt was Soraya, I, and yeah, she ended up I, I getting agree. it. And it was really interesting because she ended up. Going up against with uh, Tony Storm, like the entire time, Tony accidentally hit Soraya's real mom, who is also Soraya as a wrestler, but this right, is in England, right. uh, hit her mom. And then now it kind of added that dynamic between Soraya and Tony that you knew was going to happen, but you weren't sure exactly I how think it that was going to go down. I think that was when Soraya decided, like, I'm not wrestling for the outsiders. I'm wrestling for... The Knight family, my yeah. family, the Soraya the Knight, you know what I mean? Or the outcasts, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's when the tr- it, it turned into finally like, I this this match, it's a four-way. It's not a two versus one versus one. It's right, a four-way match. Right. And I really enjoy. I really enjoyed watching uh, Tony Storm kind of get in like a groveling, like, don't hit me, like, wait a minute, hold on, didn't mean to do that. Yeah. And then, but then have to do, have to finally strike her. Her companion, you know, right? She was like hesitant, but oh, this is what I have to do, and you then, know. You know, Ruby Soho comes running out, which 
It, it, we always make the joke. It's got to suck to fly all the way overseas, eight, nine hours, <laughs> to just show up and get punched in the face. And Tony Storm, it, it, was, it, yeah, it was Tony Storm ends up hitting uh, Ruby Soho out of anger, and then she just runs off. Uh, so they're in shambles. Uh, Soraya is your new AEW Women's Champion, and I absolutely—I said it before—I absolutely love the way that they end the, ended this. It was really good. You had Hikaru was in the lockjaw from Britt Baker. She was having a hard time getting her fingers into the mouth of Hikaru even though she was screaming like every two seconds with her mouth wide open. Uh, as Tony Storm and Soraya slide in, they both do the most illegal things they could with each other. And Soraya ends up getting the taking the advantage of Hikaru Shida being resistant enough to Britt Baker and fucking gets gets the win with on Tony Storm and I yeah. I thought it was so use the spray paint great. in her face it was just it was really good I really it, it enjoyed was awesome. it it was awesome I, I I don't know what what else people wanted from this match like I think probably their I favorite it was person shame, to win you know I think it was a shame that the, that more women weren't featured on this card agreed but at the same time I I have no problem with the way that this match yeah went. at least there was no complaint and sue me for enjoying a women's wrestling match I really enjoyed it too like in the in the pop when she won the pop was so good her family especially every, if you've been the somebody entire crowd the hometown crowd yeah. basically I, like, I, come I on. we were literally there not there but we were watching when Paige debuted in the main roster for WWE and won that Divas Championship. Oh, yeah. You know, it's Huge crazy pop. to see something like that and then now to where she is. So worth it. So worth it. And her interview afterwards was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. So I'm hoping that she will continue to do extremely well. She's great on the mic. I don't know what they're doing with the outcast. Obviously, Tony is definitely doing her own Marilyn Monroe disgruntled movie star thing. I feel like, thing, I feel like she's I'm out of it. Into. I feel like she's out of it. But I mean, maybe it's time to get Ruby Soho out of that too because it's... It hasn't done her any favors. It hasn't. Uh, it's dyed her hair a color green that I really like, but why? Because that's what color my hair is. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like it's, it, but I feel like it hasn't done a lot for her, and I feel like she's one of those talents that came from WWE that just has not found a footing in AEW. Unfortunately, no. I, I have to agree with you. There. But yeah, hopefully we see a lot more. I mean, I, she's even said that she wants to do more singles matches because she's only had or Soraya's only had four, four single matches singles matches since in debuting in AEW. So. And it only felt right to have Sting and Darby Allen teaming up, excuse me, to do a coffin match of all things, again, at Wembley Stadium against what originally was Swerve Strickland and A.R. Fox, but ended up being Swerve Strickland and Christian Cage, which he has so much history with Sting, uh, with TNA, Sting was doing his Joker thing. Oh my God! Like the the video beforehand when they came out. Oh, so good. So I'm good. I'm sure Darby Allen ended up directing that or had something to do with that. Very well produced. I loved it. Stings t- took some of his absolute hardest bumps. He did a table spot twice. I am the table. Uh, he it said was not he was able the to table. break. Right. <laughs> uh, he actually jumped back up and uh, got. They got a dope shot of it. Of I don't remember who it was. It was Swerve. It was Swerve. It was going, Swerve. Yeah, go, going through the table absolutely incredible he just never gives up no he's he always performs every time we've seen him we saw him live at revolution he jumped through a was it like eight Two, tables yeah, i don't yeah. even remember uh he like always even when he fucks up he always delivers he smashed his face the last time he took a table spot uh i think on ethan page or i might be wrong there uh but ended up splitting his face open and still finished the match like right. he, at, at, at almost 60 years old or no he's older than 60 isn't yeah he? oh yeah uh, he just 
he always delivers. He always does the spots. He always does those things that people are like, no, a 60-year-old man wouldn't do that. And here right. goes Sting jumping off and doing not just one, but two table spots. He lands on him and the table doesn't break. He looks up and goes, okay, well, I got to do it again. Gets back up on the apron and does it. He The way he did it, too, is he laid all the way across Swerve so that all of his body weight got dropped on the top of the table. Right. So he knew they were going through. So it... I mean, it had to hurt. It was great. It had to hurt, even on a, on a beyond uh, behind the cave. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, his entire body weight landed on top uh-huh. of Swerve on top of that table. Also, at one point, Sting was in the coffin, and Swerve was trying to close it on top of him. So he did that donkey kick to Sting's oh, face. So good. Before he tried to close it in the in the long run, Swerve was the one to go into the coffin. Right, and- but there might be some contention. <laughs> Depending on who you ask, we depending were we were on, watching and laughing. If you, if you really so hard. how nitty gritty you want to get with the rules, Swerve's dreads were sticking Swerve's out. Swerve's like <laughs> he had three dreads sticking out of the top of the coffin. I, does that count? Does hair count? Fingies count. Fingies count, but that's that you got blood pumping the, through them fingies. It's a living thing, you know. Hair's dreddies not, I mean, apparently not. Dre- yeah, do dreddies count? No. I guess Sting that, and Darby Allen are I think nineteen and 0 19 and as 0 a as a tag team. Uh, I I still say that that that's that's the way you you finish off Sting's career to. is you, you have, have him wrestle uh, Darby Allen right. whether it's for the championship whether it's for it's a passing of cause. the torch but from I, one I generation think, to the next I think that's yeah that's how you Sting finally looks at Darby Allen and says I I can't show you anything else the only thing yeah. you can do is you're beat the master me, you know you know <laughs> the stu- you know yeah the student becomes the master by right. beating the master and becoming you know yep and you don't have to have a heel in that situation it's just no it's just, just give me your best imagine the imagine the ma- it, what we were going off earlier he always delivers does what he needs to do to, right. to entertain the fans imagine between him and Darby Allen right who's Darby Allen puts his body on the line every time he's in, he he's does. out there because he, he he knows that's his best asset is right. that he can bring that he can bring the realism of just getting the shit kicked out of you and without I don't know how he continues to go and, and just never giving up and never uh, not standing back up you know no, it's I mean? the true resilience moniker really good that he's to always see, gone by really good to see nick wayne out there too luchasaurus uh he made a cameo and then ended up talking bringing nick wayne oh yeah he took that spot on the, on the skateboard, skateboard the slam. i am the table Ooh, I'm the if skateboard. you've ever skateboarded in your entire life and you've landed on a board you know that feeling he got choke slammed from Luchasaurus, a seven foot one dinosaur, two point five million years billion years old, and yeah, if, if, oh boy, that boy's back is gonna be bruised. I hope he's got first class accommodations on the way home. <laughs> man, yeah, he's gonna need a massage. Flight. He's gonna need some ice. He's gonna need some <laughs> Bengay. He's gonna need something. But yeah, that that was a uh, that was a really good match. It really was. But speaking of passing the torch. Uh, the perfect way to pass the torch was this next match between Will Ospreay, the, what do they call him, the aerial assassin. The aerial assassin. Versus uh, the goat. A 30-year-old Ocho, prodigy. Uh, the, the lion tamer. Uh, the pain uh, I mean, maker. God. Chris Jericho. The David Bowie of wrestling. David, yeah. Uh, I didn't have a lot of hype for this match in the beginning. There was not a lot of build up for it. Right. Uh, and this was a Kinda lot of complaint random. of a lot of matches with AEW all in. Um, but they had the contract signing between Darby Allen. I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong thing between <laughs> Will Ospreay and Chris Jericho. That really amped it up. I It looked like a legitimate like beef between mm-hmm. these two guys. Jericho's and- so good on the mic and I think people forget 
Like it's so natural to him. Yeah, because he, can he just has that. Go out and say anything. He's been doing the whole sports entertainment idea to where you know you say the 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 campy lines and you say the catchphrases and you say the things you put on T-shirts and you talk about how you love this hat. You know, so to hear him actually pick up a microphone and cut a promo on an individual like an actual promo that yeah, isn't sports entertainment, you right. know, it, it it reminds you of how good he is on the mic. Absolutely. That he's not just a gimmick. That right. He's, you know, he's he's as well-rounded as he comes off. And, right. And then you look at Will Ospreay. He's just uh, on it. A huge run right now. Oh, yeah. He's beat Will, uh, Will Ospreay, has beat Kenny Omega, uh, Kazucha Okada, and now potentially now Chris, Jericho. Chris Jericho, which he does. Uh, it did exactly what Will Ospreay needed. And again, not that Will Ospreay needed this because he is just on such a high right now and has also mentioned his contract with NJPW is up within the next six but see, months. See, I argue so. that he did need this. Because he's gotten to the top of Maybe his to level. Maybe to the American the, I mean, audience that doesn't know Will Ospreay. This mean. is a great if, way to do it. You know, if, you have those legendary tally marks, like those three guys that you've beat just this year. Right. Just right. this year. But even, you know, if you want to advance yourself as a professional wrestler, if you and he has expressed that he would have been happy spending his entire career at NJPW. He absolutely loves NJPW. It, he believes it is the purest of the sport. Um, he shines you really know, well there. And there's no shame in, in getting to the top of NJPW and being this, this is the top of the mountain. But if you're looking to make Kenny's the money, if you're looking to get the prestige and the the gluttonous like accolades that yeah. you know a lot of WWE and now even AEW stars have, then you've got to go above and beyond what you already are. And at the point that will was already at, I don't think there was any more that he could go. Like he's hit the top of the pile. Right. He's hit he's beaten, like you said, Okada. He's beaten Omega. He's now beaten Chris Jericho, one of the United States top wrestlers of all time. Right. And now has got his footing in like you said, in the American television circuit. He's been on he's been featured on AEW's Forbidden Door. He's now been in all in. Right. You know you could argue you've got uh, great well, G one run. You've got United or I'm sorry, no, United Empire. Aussie Open, who's yeah. part of United Empire, right. is is been signed. The whole to crew AEW. is just incredible. Yeah, so it only makes sense for him to continue with that. Yes, I mean, yeah, I, I obviously, can't see how this was selfish. A bad thing. Want him to? No, no, but this I wasn't love, bad for anybody. Chris can take the loss. It's not a big deal. But the I passing lo- of the torch. I loved how they sold this like they they sold everything that i just said about will osprey but chris jericho also clapped back like you're coming from the bottom to the top i'm at the top and right. everybody's trying to knock me down off the top i mean you he have, killed it he, he says he you really think did. you have more riding on this match than i do i have my entire career riding on this match right you're, you're talking about the middle of your career right he's like i am the goat yeah. i am the best i i have standards that people hold me up to. yeah and i loved how they sold this to where it was a senseless dream match, but they gave it so much more life than exactly. just, well, we want Chris Jericho to fight Will Ospreay because it's going to put asses in seats. Oh, sure, and it, it sounds interesting. It put asses in seats just because of what we were looking at. We have a potentially, he's 30 years old, he is at the peak of his career and at the peak Absolutely. of his you know, athleticism, and he just beat Chris Jericho. And, and there's... Right. there's what do we what we do with him from here on out is just is is the most exciting part of of the end of that match yeah exactly 
Yeah, exactly. Like, no matter what happened throughout all of that, the potential of Will Ospreay is just so intriguing. Oh, yeah. And and with, like you said, with his contract coming up, and he said January 1st, 2024 is when right. his contract comes up. Or no, that was MJF. I'm sorry. I'm getting my... my oh, yeah, that's he right. He just said 2024. Uh, it's it's a hell of a hell of a fucking bargaining coin, MJF of all people. And I I said this, if AEW picks up Will Ospreay, and they'd be stupid not to retain MJF. If I don't get a Will Ospreay and MJF feud, I will I know be what are so we doing upset. in wrestling? Oh my god, the I, I don't you even said it. We don't need matches. I I don't need matches. I just need them to have promos. I just want to talk to have them talk shit to each other. Exactly. Like who better than MJF and Will Ospreay, two of the the oh my god. I I wanna I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna get down off my soapbox. Generational talents. uh, We'll be on this podcast for forty five more minutes about how how insane that would be. Absolutely. Hey, it might not be uh, so so much of a dream you know, know here in the next few months. All right, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but Billy Gunn and the acclaimed, very important to say Billy Gunn, not not Daddy Ass. Billy Gunn and the acclaimed went up against House of Black, who is obviously Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King. Um, they picked the stipulation of... No holds it? barred. No holds barred, yeah. Julia Hart was also in ringside with uh, House of Black, of course. And first and foremost, like I said, they had that, that wonderful tribute to Bray Wyatt and the outfits that they picked... All white with gold trim. Oh. My God, color me happy. I was like, if I could get a boner from having or looking at outfits, that was <laughs> like, I, I was would so wear clean. that while nobody was in the house. It looked good. Around. Julia some, looked great in the white and gold as the well. The hat, she always, she's been coming out with that like stained glass hat lately. And I love it. The way they did it, it's the same thing, but with, it, with the white and the gold. Oh, it's so good. Just their presentation. The makeup. It's always been over the top. The intro is one of the best. If you know anything about like the hardcore scene and, and death metal, like images, like 90% of what these bands are. And my God, they, they, with the knowledge that these three men have, they've absolutely nailed the presentation of house of black. They and did. I absolutely love it. They it's did. so good. Their intro here was, again, was fantastic. Uh, little nod to Bray Wyatt, which literally I was like, damn, I wasn't ready for this. I'm crying. And as I'm like wiping the tears away, it dawned on me. I was like, oh, my God, Max Caster is about to spit a rap in front of 81,000 people at Wembley. He did a fantastic job. He must have been working on that Great for weeks. pop. It, it sounded so well. It's crazy to have been able to watch AEW for so long and see people like the acclaimed just grow into the characters that they mm-hmm. are, how much people love them. Bowen's Unknown is nobodies just, that would never get a pop to begin yeah. with are now 81,000 scissoring oh. in the entire arena. It's and so and good. Billy Gunn, who is uh, 59 years old, yep. looks... He's he's absolutely incredible. I mean, yeah. best shape of his life. Looked great in the ring. The acclaimed looked phenomenal. Oh, looks so good. It just felt like they were going to win this with Billy Gunn, you know, putting his boots in the ring and declaring that he was retired and him right. ended up coming back. It just felt like that was exactly what was going to happen, and, and it did. It, it felt yeah, it good. I mean, it wasn't a super long match. And even House of Black, they they respected the win. They they ended up having the titles and instead of doing some heel shit that you would think that a dark and broody you know trios tag team would do they handed over the belts and they rolled out of the ring and they walked on knowing that they got bested and then we had like i said an eighty-one thousand thirty-five people scissoring party 
and daddy ass scissored and it was it was phenomenal it was exciting it felt so good uh everybody in the match all six men they all looked equals like even though Brody King and and uh Billy Gunn are the size of a house and then you have <laughs> uh Buddy Matthews that is built like a house right and you just all all six of the men none of them looked weak Oh, which absolutely was, which not. Which is easy to do with with uh, the acclaimed. It's kind of like I, I don't know. Like Matt Castor like doesn't come off gimmick. as a very powerful guy. He's right. very technical and he's good, but he's not a very you know he's not power slamming Brody King over the you know over the ropes. Right. But none of them looked bad. They even had Brody King and Max Castor right. going one on one for a minute, and Max Castor was able to look just as impressive as everybody Absolutely. else they are and i hate to be like the, you know this team is like this team in wwe this person's like this person in wwe but they really remind me of the new day who's that uh the acclaimed and daddy ass right the, with just that charisma they can come out everybody's super yelling, hype every the yeah. scissor me the acclaimed every if you've Wednesday. got a dead crowd you stick them out there and that crowd's popping oh man and it's crazy because you talked about going to revolution that wasn't this year that was last year that we went right and when we went the acclaimed did like the pre-show before anything aired like they weren't even on the card right they were like standing in an alleyway eating pizza and we didn't want to be those like weird guys like hey i know you're eating but Aren't you that guy on AEW? yeah exactly so they weren't even on the card so to think how far they've come and literally just oh they've year, been a fan favorite over incredible over a, if you don't know where the scissoring thing came from when they came out that they, they've been doing the acclaimed you know for like the a there was one episode that Max Caster just reached over and started scissoring Anthony Bowens. And if you, I don't remember what episode it is, but if you watch it, you see Anthony Bowens looks at Max Caster like, yo, what do you do? We're going to get in trouble. And they did actually get in trouble. They, they were like, started, don't do that. It started catching on. So it's one of those things that it was like, well, we weren't really supposed to do it, but people really got into it. Yeah. So what choice did they have but to say, keep and they going just with leaned it. into it. And now it was. I mean, it's been amazing. Like, the, right. the, it's been their like entire persona, but it has like lifted them to the next level exactly. of of being fan favorites. Yeah, eighty one thousand people screaming "Scissor me, daddy ass!" And but and then now they've got gold or silver. They kept calling it gold, but there's no gold on the belt. So I don't know if we're yeah. gonna go back to. I hope they do something. I like think that. they will. I think some that should belts, be an exclusive. Pink oh. with gold, some tacky ass belts. Let's go. I like it. Let's go some pink gold. There we go. I like it. Friends, we have come to the moment. The most important moment of the night. This is the Two potty things. break. Hold on. This is your opportunity to pause this, take a pee pee, go get a drinky poo, go take things a poo poo, whatever serious. you got to do. This is some professional goddamn wrestling tonight. Absolutely incredible. And I have spent days in our personal household saying, how do you think this match is going to go down? I'm driving in the car. You know, I have 15 minutes alone. I'm not even listening to music. And I'm like... I wonder how this MJF and Adam Cole match is going to go down. Mm -hmm. I can't stop thinking about it. Maxwell had, Jacob Friedman, Adam I Cole. I had more ideas five minutes before the bell rang than I... <laughs> I had some I, ideas 15 minutes oh into God. the match. Okay, so let's start. We're going to start with... We, we didn't talk about it. The first match of the night. Correct. Setting off AEW All-In Zero Hour. Great way to it do it. It was better than you, Bebe, taking on Aussie Open for the ROH World Tag Team Championships, a tag team champ or championship that has eluded Adam Cole for his entire career. He's been a multi-time world champion in ROH. He has had, I believe, the TV title. Um, 
this is something I don't think he's ever had before. And right, well, right. So and important. of course, MJF being uh, turning into this, not just a scumbag, but our scumbag, our, scumbag, our but favorite scumbag. Yeah, the biggest baby face also at the same exact time. And I, I, the the amount of people trying to theorize, oh, this is going to happen. Oh, this is going to happen. Oh, no, I'm this guilty is of happen. it too. MJF's going to turn. No, MJF's going to get hurt. No, I mean, we did it too. Like it was this big talking point and nothing happened. MJF and Adam Cole won the ROH tag team titles from Aussie Open. Clean, clean, as, a, clean as a whistle. No and dynamite diamond ring, no championship. Nothing. No double cross, no there making, was a no making MJF work more than than Adam Cole or vice yeah. versa. There was a double clothesline There's and a kangaroo, kangaroo kick. kick. A like, double kangaroo kick. And it was a I mean, it was a fairly quick match. Let me scroll back up here. It was only yeah, it was less than eight minutes. But it, it no no shenanigans. Neither one of them looked cross at each other no, the entire time. But it made you feel good and again to made you want to buy the pay-per-view. And then immediately following them winning, they dropped the titles and it's it's down to business. These two looked at each other and it was it was on. It was the ROH titles are a thing of the past. It was time for the main event. Like it was I I love this like dynamic cool, but- because it's got unfinished business. You've got the tag team title winners. Right. First match of the night. They haven't even celebrated. They haven't had like a congratulations to each other. Right. We're already into the main event. And it's left a giant question already through the entire pay-per-view of what are we going to see now? Right. Because not it doesn't matter. You can't just have a plain old match between these two at this and, point. And not just that. It doesn't matter the outcome of the championship match. It, 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 I mean, it does. But in regards to the tag titles, it doesn't matter because you're still going to have the AEW world champion and the other guy who didn't win the match. Right. And they're still going to have to be a cohesive tag team. So you're already yeah, so how from do you keep the, the story going? So from the get go, you're like, what are they doing? Right. What are they going to do with this tag right. titles? Because now that they to, have them, they have this. Is, yeah, like you said, what are they doing? What's going to you right. know this is going beyond all. But you know this, yeah, you know the story now. So now I'm really invested because now the story is going to continue. I really and didn't think they that, were going to win it. I think the most intriguing part was there was no shenanigans. No, there was nothing. Nobody was tried to pull nothing. It was just a match. It teamwork. Was a, it was so good. It was so good. They didn't try to play into the oh one of them got hurt. No, nope. they didn't try into nothing. No, absolutely nothing. They didn't play into Adam Cole not reading the contract and just signing it. It was nothing. There was there was literally nothing in that that was any type of double crossing or anything right. negative. And then we get. I mean, and then the main event was. Oh, I, oh my god, the main event was so good. I mean, of course, we've seen them fight before. They went to a 30-minute draw. Which was... Not too even long just ago. That, even just in that. That 30-minute match was amazing. It was. And they How got... How do you beat that, you know? And they got... I, I, you're, you are a liar if you had that on your AEW bingo card when they had that first 30-minute match. Yeah, it almost like, seemed random. Is, nobody saw that coming where it was like 1-2 and then the bell rang because it was 30 minutes. Uh-huh. Not a soul Watching saw that. the replay, they actually showed it with Bryce Remsburg and he stopped so inches, close and it was inches. just like I remember for days after that match I was like wow that was so they, unique it, so I knew they had something special here I knew again it wasn't just going to be a, a plain old match and it was over with but it was really interesting what they did with the ending here and bear with me as I as I explain they obviously are having a fantastic match and I don't even know they go about 
20 minutes or so. Right. And they both look at each other, Adam Cole and MJF. They both look at each other and they scream double clothesline. They've already done it earlier in the night. It worked out great. Which, first off, before you go any further, why would you do this? I don't know, but I'm already hearing them yell it. And I'm like, well, how the hell are you going to do anything with this? They clothesline each other. Yeah, one of those like are pin they each really other accidentally. Them? Well, they fall. They both fall simultaneously. Right. And their right arm is what the one they extended. clothesline yeah. extended across the chest of the other one. They both land at the same time. Bryce drops to the ground and with two hands counts one, two, three. It's and a double count out. Yeah. And I think everybody in the crowd was like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. And I'm like, that's not it. There's more. Oh, of course it's Bryce not. Remsburg. There's more there's so much more to this story. We're not done. And yeah, we Bryce calls for the draw. Uh, the dapper yapper ends up calling, saying it over, over the microphone that it is a a double pin and it is a draw. And we go back to that match two months ago with Adam Cole and MJF in that thirty minute timeout when Adam Cole is sitting on his knees staring at MJF and says five more minutes over the microphone, and he does it again. He looks at MJF and he says five more minutes. And MJF says, no. And we're like, what? That's it? That's it? Well, you think like, oh, my God, this is like the pivotal moment. This is the moment that we find out. Is this going to be classic MJF? And we go to heel way like everybody thinks he's going to go. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I thought that he was going to turn. Or do we go the other route? The way that no one thought was going to happen. Adam Cole's best friend. He, he, He tells him no. He says, we're going to go for as long as we need to until we get a win at fucking Wembley. And the crowd, (laughs) oh my God, they throw the mic down, they ring the bell. I look over, Mark and I, our ass cheeks are on the literal edge of the the couch. I'm sucked in, like, here we go. And again, you knew Bryce Remsburg, there's going to be just some absolute ridiculousness to it. He gets knocked out uh, a couple of times. He actually takes... A Panama sunrise. Uh, there was some confusion oh between MJF and Adam, Bryce Remsburg. How, how Adam Cole didn't realize by the time he had landed on his feet. And he's like, oh, I'm still going to go through with this thing. Even though the guy that oh my is God. supposed to be in front of me shouldn't have a shirt yeah. and muscles. And I'm about to hit one on a guy he was with already, a striped shirt. And he was like already locked and loaded. He couldn't stop. He you know what I mean? Zone. Like He was, he was in, the zone. in the zone. But it was so good. That spot obviously knocked brace out for a while and roddy did have something to do with it he was doing everything that he could to try to help most jealous girlfriend ever oh my god the most bitter ex-girlfriend uh you've ever met well he had he had everything to do with it like the entire time he kept coming in and interfering and hitting mjf he kicked he kicked him right in the dick yeah right in the dick oh i don't know how he didn't pop a couple of his beans because man he kicked him toe first into his wiener yeah and if you've ever been kicked in the wiener oh man toe first is the worst but yeah, you know, Roddy comes in and he tries doing that. He tries throwing him the title so that he, you know, to Adam Cole and tells him to hit him with the belt. Right, while Bryce is out. And and just Adam Cole, again, didn't do what we all thought and didn't go no. the heel route. But MJF pulled out the dynamite diamond ring, put it on, and was going to hit Adam Cole, and he put Same it back thing. too. So when Adam Cole got the belt thrown to him, uh, he like I said, he threw it outside the ring and... By doing that, that gave MJF enough time. He got the inside rail, rolled him up, got the one, two, three, and MJF is still your AEW world champion. Incredible. This match was the absolute best way to top this pay-per-view off. I It keeps the story going. We don't have to end this better than you, baby, right now. It is it, This pay-per-view went off perfectly. I The expectations of... 
everything of this of this pay-per-view blew me out of the water. Would you have ever thought that this pay-per-view pay-per-view basically ended with MJF consoling Adam Cole? He went and got him the tag team championship belt and Adam Cole threw it. He was mad. He was super yeah, well, pissed. Yeah. Yeah. But eventually they they hugged it hugged it out in the middle they of the did. ring. 81,000 people chanting hug it out. Yep, and MJF was like people still love you. Like you're still great. People still love you. So he was like hyping him up like, you know, you're fantastic. We still have these. Like don't worry right. about it. It's all good. Like such a good guy. It could have easily been you, is what but he doesn't said. It, doesn't it feel so sleazy when he says it? Like it you, does. He but says it, and it just feels slimy and gross. If you didn't like, know I him, don't like this. You'd that be I like, like wow, this. he was so sweet oh, to yeah. him at the end. But knowing how how big of a heel he can be, and knowing how polar opposite of what MJF right. was, what six Bravo. months ago? Oh, I mean, I like, don't know no, where they're going. He was in AEW. He started the first match of AEW All In five years ago, and now he's main evented AEW's All In at the biggest crowd of AEW's history. Walked and the away, the world crowd champion of pro pro wrestling history. Walks away as the AEW world champion. Had two absolute amazing matches. Yep. And he deserved said, every minute of he it. Sa- he said it in that in that round table on Busted Open, like he, everybody doesn't like somebody who's confident, but he knows how good he is. Is is he's just as good as he is confident, right? And there's no denying it. And no, Adam, and that's if this you watch that, deny on Adam it. Cole, like it, it, he, it takes two to tango. It of takes course. two to tango. Of and course, they, they both. Blue. The, if, if this was the only good match on the pay per view, it would have been worth the money that was exactly. Spent. This is the only thing you watch. It's worth it. But you got to give a lot of props to MJF because he made Adam Cole look so good. He sells so well. Oh, and they, he yeah. ate those Panama Sunrises. There is a chemistry between lines. Adam Cole and MJF that doesn't come naturally to a lot of wrestlers. No, not the, the, it's a very uh, and I'll bring it up. But the Rock and Stone Cold, you know, you've got. Undertaker and Kane, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, there's it's a just a, a chemistry between chemistry. individuals that when they get in the matches to get in the matches together, there's just something special. And these two have have delivered in oh my god, I cannot I like it, it, beyond words of how how much potential this has going forward with all out coming up. They just announced uh there's another one that they they're announced on October 1st. Uh, I can't remember the name. It's Wrestle Dream. Dream. Wrestle Dream. Uh, they announced that, and then they said Full Gear will be in Seattle uh, in November, November 18th. 18th. So I, a lot of things to look forward to, a lot of things we could do with everything. I mean, All Out got a few matches announced in the past couple hours. Some great matches, too. Like, really, it's it's just as much of a much must watch as the last pay-per-view was. And they said they're going to turn this, this they're going to turn this into a yearly thing when all out and all Correct. in are within a week of each other. I mean, if they put on shows like this, I can't see how they can't pull this off every year. And I, I don't understand a lot of the hate that AEW gets. And you know what? Maybe I might be a little bit more of an AEW fan than a WWE fan right now, but it's all Admittedly. wrestling. It's all, it's all pro wrestling. I was I just, just entertainment from beginning to end. Oh, like, yeah. There was not a moment where I was bored. There was not a moment I wanted to walk away. There wasn't something that I regretted watching. No, I think Tony Khan said it best, and he said this was the best show we've ever put on, and I absolutely agree. It was fantastic. Was there matches I wish I would have seen? Yeah. Well, of course. I would have loved to have seen Chris Statlander and Wembley. Well, Chris Statlander is going to be fighting it all out against Ruby Soho, so... 
that's something to see. Right. I, I just absolute success. They once again blew expectations out the doors. Yeah. They for they, never being over there before. Eighty one thousand tickets. Yep. And I mean, for as long as they didn't announce wow. any matches, I mean, they had what seventy thousand plus, and they hadn't announced a single match yet. Right. And I don't think a uh, they single really, person left disappointed. They really invested in their fans and trusted that they were going to show up. And goddamn, if they didn't show Incredible up. Incredible crowd. Eighty one thousand thirty five people. 70 countries, they said. All the people come from legendary over countries. The top paid attendance of, of all wrestling, uh, if you don't, if, as long as you don't count that Korea one. Right. Incredible. Um, but this is just something to live up to. It's only going to get better and better and better. Wrestling's only going to get. And I, I and that's another thing. Why, why, know, why every year. people need to stop being so negative about about things like it, it, it doesn't by any stretch of the means does this mean that AEW is better than WWE no this or should vice put versa. the this biggest just, fire under WWE's ass right. to go wow did you guys watch that we got to do that right now the yeah it's it it's, just makes everybody the better. balls in their court like what do you got what's your next one okay uh-huh. WrestleMania that's that's great yeah when are you gonna bring what are you gonna do with WrestleMania in a single day like that's the challenge. Like this exactly. is great for professional wrestling. Not because only performance now it, wise, but attendance wise. Right. It now challenges. Like okay, let's we're st- we're we're now upping the game. Exactly. We're now. It, what do you got? It, we're making pay per views even with what your your top pay per view is making. Exactly. You know what I mean? And hopefully like, they'll beat them so we can just continue this friendly competition of you know we just want to have the best the best show because whenever yeah any professional wrestling wins we all win exactly and and if you're in that camp that you just absolutely hate AEW or absolutely hate wwe i don't know why you're missing out on both ends yeah there's good things and there's bad things there's always bad things on both these products and i know we we kind of put AEW a little bit over the moon but there's there's just as much bad in AEW if there as there is in WWE for a few months there you and I were going to gaga for WWE it's just hit a point right now to we're just we're not interested in it it's the storylines but it's not the 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 entertainment and it's not the potential and it's not the superstars from any either of these programs that are are lacking no for sure every the, the there's talent abundant everywhere all right, well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. AEW All-In's a success. We've gushed about it. We've talked about matches. Championships have changed. I I, I don't think there's much more to say. No. We've got All-Out next weekend. We've got Dynamite Wednesday. We've got title defenses already. More title defenses next week. Uh, we've got Raw on Monday. Make sure you follow us at CAW Wrestling Pod. We tweet out every uh raw smackdown dynamite rampage collision as much as we possibly can there's so much wrestling on tv it's unreal impact if we ever get a chance to (laughs) obviously we're going to be watching all out again so uh if you didn't do it this week make sure you put in your predictions and tag us with the hashtag caw predictions that way we can see what your predictions are for all out love to see what you uh, friendly competition we have around here you have and now see this pay-per-view we actually equaled out we had the same amount of wins and losses yes. on our perspective predictions which means that you have retained thank you the thank awesome you. dudley boys i don't even know it's, a, it's like it's a, a half stein dem, kind damn of. dudley like, boys coffee mug god it's sick i spent probably thirty dollars too much on this it's fine um it is a wwf branded so it's a it's an older one and i'm sure someone out there probably is mad at me because I have coffee stains all over it because I drink out of it. And it's supposed to be a collector's cup and you can suck my balls because hey. I love my cup. But I am Wrestling your CAW Predictions champion. Uh, challenge me. I will get better than you on the predictions no matter what. Uh, bring it on. Lies. But thank you so much for 
listening to us. You can follow me on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> at Gunk Dudley. And I'm at a bacon party. Thank you so much for listening. And make sure you check us out every Monday for a fresh episode of Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast where we go over everything WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, sometimes Impact, NJPW, Stardom, Baka Gaijan. If you don't know, don't know Baka Gaijan, <laughs> Death, Death Worms on it. Chris Brooks, the, per, the, the, rest, <laughs> Chris the, the champion of everything. I, we're nerds. We watch too much wrestling. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye.